What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Oh, a dramatic pause for effect, Terence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going, I was moving my head from le- right to left or so, just to give the sound. Oh, a little pen. No, but then I realized that we record <laughs> we record in mono, so they won't really tell the difference. Yeah, that's why. Maybe we <laughs> should consider what are those bi bianural microphones? Uh? The oh, ASMR ones. Yeah, yeah, the ASMR types. I mean, if we just start recording in stereo, like, actually, that would make a difference already. Yeah. yeah. Would it? But it's still one mic, right? No, but then the direction from which the sound comes from, the right and the left. I think it's. Oh, you mean like we be, we be, like I be on one on the left and you be on the right. So people, like, they would listen to it like as though they're sitting in between us. Yes, yes, correct. Yeah. That'd be pretty Yeah. Crazy. That would be fucking cool, man. Maybe you should try that just to fuck around. It'd be very trippy, yeah. It'd be very trippy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, that might be interesting. Mm. Maybe later when I'm editing this, I can just play around with that. Give it a try. But yes. Cool. So we know we uploaded a podcast yesterday, which was the third podcast of last week. So this is the first podcast of this week. Mm. So forget all that. There's just going to be three more podcasts this week. We're going to get into the groove of these thrice weekly deep dives into current affairs with comedy. Mm, so mm. brace yourselves, people. Yes. It's going to be yeah. exciting. Exciting. And I mean, yeah, like uh, they we did mention some stuff about certain new segments coming in. I mean, like there was, there was one, I think, suggestion, right, uh, about us, like, uh, no, the the one good thing that came out from the third episode, I mean, many good things came out like, when we were exper- experimenting with that format was that one segment where we kept it for fans you know, just reacting to Reddit comments, Instagram messages. Maybe that might find its way into one of the weekly three episodes. Uh. But yeah, yeah, we'll, that's a good idea. Yeah, good we'll, idea. we'll continue to tweak it. So thanks for lending us your ear space. Mm-mm-mm. That's right. Cool. All right. We've got two interesting topics to dive into today. But before that, what is the one thing we got to do, Terrence? Uh, as you, <laughs> I mean, we do this three times a week now. So I can't oh, yeah, say now it's three week. times a week. <laughs> Well, yeah, if if you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to tell at least one other person about it. Uh, like make it, bring it up in conversation over your Chinese New Year visiting or if you're just hanging out with friends in the next couple of weeks. Uh, try to tell at least, I mean, tell eight people uh, if you can, since eight is the maximum number of people that can meet up at one time. Yeah, Maybe we shouldn't do it every podcast. Terrence, you really feel tired like saying that. <laughs> no? you're, like, you're like a naggy mom just telling the, the kid to eat. I'm a dad. Eat your food, la, dad. Okay, I'm share the podcast. Okay, naggy like, dad, naggy dad. Like the like Mark Ruffalo says, I'm always, I'm always. Nah, he, I'm gonna paraphrase him. I'm always tired. It's not. It's not. Who the it, fuck is Mark Ruffalo? Is Mark Ruffalo? It depends on which country you come from, lah. Then the emphasis <laughs> different. <laughs> Ruffalo. Ruffalo, We all Singaporeans don't try to act more and everything, la. So in 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 the African uh, Serengeti, you got the buffaloes, is it? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. And don't don't insult my culture by saying by saying it cannot be pronounced that way. Can you if you can David go around, if you can go around saying omelet, <laughs> you have no right to to say anything about how anyone pronounces anything. Look at how you spell <laughs> on the omelet. There's so it looks so confusing. You know, two L's, one T. Is there one T or two T's? Buffalo is so fucking ruffalo. Buffalo. Can you imagine David Attenborough saying, "Oh, look at the tiger." No, not tiger. Look at the lion. Oh, he bounces on the buffalo. Yeah, buffalo. What was wrong with that? I'm still pronouncing it exactly, exactly how it should be. Right? Buffalo, buffalo, but buffalo is correct. Right? Don't everything be a is, buffalo. Everything is is pronounced properly. I mean, in, in some sense, lah. Whereas yeah. an omelet, you don't go 
you don't ah for an O, you see. I can find a lot of instances in where you buffalo would be, you know, can be seen as phonetically correct. La. Yeah, la, buffalo. Never mind, we, we turn it over to our to our, our Yalabad listeners. Yes, buffalo, yes, yes. yeah, buffalo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but actually, you talking about buffalo sets a nice context for, for our first topic. How How so? I mean, it's in something in nature, lah. Oh. Was that not, Singapore not got obvious? Ba- Singapore got buffalo. <laughs> got buffalo road. Right? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. New, yeah, new yeah. Tursway. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so what is what is the first topic, Terence? It is the topic of whether nature and development, urban development, can coexist in Singapore. And uh, brought to light more recently because. I believe sometime in October when a lot of people started exploring Singapore's nature and green parks because of COVID and everything and we can't travel, right? Um, yeah. Some viral videos and photos came out of Clementi Forest in the during the in the early morning where the mist is settling down over the leaves and it's just such a beautiful sight. Lah, and people could not believe that this was in Singapore. And I uh, mm. Understandably, why? Because it's not easy to access. Have you have you been to that that area, the Clementi no. Forest? Oh, you never. No, I haven't. And I and I saw the video. It looked fucking like yeah. like Jurassic Park or that. Yeah, I, I was shit, there man. recently to to film some B roll for uh for that 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 uh, web series we're doing, the Chinese web series we're doing. Mm. Uh, mm. And yeah, it really is like pretty spectacular. And the entry to that that area is like you got to you got to you know go through some like dodgy construction entrance and stuff like that. But there are a lot of people jogging and all in there already. So I can imagine photographers also going there and taking pictures and you know wanting to show that nature exists in Singapore. So be since that happened in October 2020, um, I think a lot of discussion came out that oh actually that whole place has already been zoned as a residential development area. Which means there are there might not be immediate plans for, to develop it as a residential area, but at some mm. point in the future they might build, you know, clear it to build flats or something. Um mm. and then subsequently I think uh, earlier this year the 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 site of of Dover Forest also came up because I think that place has also been zoned was also zoned a long time ago for residential development. But um people real uh people started because of the Clementi Forest and everything, people realized that hey why do we really need to develop these forests? Why don't we try to preserve them? Especially after everything we've gone through in 2020, where we realize that what we have in Singapore is all we have if you can't travel around the world and you know mm. get out of Singapore. So there's a yeah. seems to be a lot bigger drive to want to conserve the nat- natural spaces we have, and uh, because of that, I think I don't know whether as a it was a legit suggestion or people are just bringing up to. To, because it's a it's an easy target. Um, people start bringing out golf golf uh, clubs. Like, why do mm. we have so many green spaces within golf clubs that are open only to the exclusive few who pay the entry fee and the membership fees and all? We should use those re- repurpose those golf clubs for for building uh, public housing. Because at the mm. end of the day, you know, why are we tearing down like precious green land? Uh, in order to allow people to have exclusive golf club memberships and then also at the same time build public housing. Uh. So there's mm. been a lot of um, debate about this. The latest is that I think Lawrence, is it Lawrence Wong or someone else has come out to... Desmond say, Lee. Desmond Lee, sorry, the Minister of National Development, yeah. right, I believe, has come yeah, out to say yeah. that public consultation on what residents feel about Dover Forest on that will be extended for a month. 
which I, I'm not sure if that really factors into their decision making, but it's just understanding the sentiment on the ground. Because I think even uh, a PAP MP, uh, Christopher de Souza of Holland Bukit Timah GRC, has mm. come forward and, and tried to suggest other alternative sites that could be used for development. Uh, and relevant to you and me, one is the old Gimmo site of the old RJC campus. Mm. Uh, so that's where you and I spent many, many formative years uh, studying very hard for you hanging out and bullying bullying non-sports kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> both of us probably, you know, chasing girls and everything. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of memories of, of that, that place as well. Uh. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like we have we are also personally invested in the area, in the story of the area. I mean, Gimo, we know Gimo well because we used to study there, right? So mm. um, yeah, on all the context has got people debating, um, you know, in land scarce Singapore, can we afford to care so much about nature and and everything? So what do you think when you first heard of this? First of all, I have to correct the character misrepresentation <laughs> that you just did about my formative years at RJC. I oh, did yeah. not bully non-sports people. <laughs> there was certain certain practices amongst the student body that I myself was conflicted about. Granted, uh. I didn't do much to change them. Yeah. But I was not proactively bullying people. You fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Nicely, you you slipped that in into this whole five minute spiel about the environment. Asshole. I saw I saw just slip in since <laughs> everyone's like so enraptured by the whole basket. The whole debate. I but, think but I, mean, I think uh, that was. Yeah, I mean, in, for context, like, <laughs> I want to, I, I want to especially point it out because it's not just a matter of like interpersonal relations that they made. Is that literally Harish and friends and his gang had like a table, a table in RJC <laughs> where they sat and no one else could sit at. And then when, but everyone had to walk past to get to the canteen, so they would use that table as leverage to like bully people, lah. So that's why I'm yeah, pointing yeah. out like places matter, lah. You know. No, when you say bully, uh, it, 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 it mischaracterizes the whole thing a lot. No? Because bully is a, is a spectrum and like you kind of trivializing the, the actual act of bullying. No? Yeah, we did. We did uh, the, who's the trivializing? Who's trivializing? Who's trivializing? No, you said, <laughs> did we physically abuse anyone? Did we, did we do that? No, we just had like stupid rules like, which looking back was fucking stupid that yeah, if you're not playing sports, you can't sit at this table and shit like that. Like, yeah, which yeah. is stupid, it's stupid. Exclusion. Don't we bully Ex- people. Like. Exclude people, don't, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so don't be a, don't be a liberal lefty uh, or like what's a snowflake. Uh. Just <laughs> just jump to conclusions only. Yeah, I look back on those things thinking, ah oh, fuck, that was so fucking stupid. But yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like beating up people and hunting down people and like wolf whistling and all. <laughs> Asshole. I don't and know we weren't even that. in school at this. We weren't even in school at the same time, okay? So you're talking about two different time periods. That's true. Two I mean, different time true. periods. Is it because JC was two years. Ah. So Harish yeah, and I were two years, years apart. Uh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I don't know, maybe your time, maybe your time you kind of beaten up or something, but ours was no, no there was no. Just your no reputation preceded you. La. You know, people told me, oh, there's this hockey player, very angsty hockey Who's player. Who's coming in two years, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of stupid Who will come, who'll come to this school in two years. And you all got no rumours to spread that were current, is it? No, no, Fucking unfortunately. Hell. We look, always look to the future. <laughs> but yes, looking to the future. Uh, what ah. are your thoughts about about this this topic of uh, greenery versus development? Um, I mean, like first of all, when I saw the actual bird's eye views of Dover Park, I was blown away, man, because it's fucking huge, man. And I think the first time I realized that Singapore has a shit ton of greenery was during NS. 
you know when you go on this these camps and not say camps like when you go out and you have all these uh, missions and stuff, mm-hmm. you go to these places of Singapore that you cannot believe is in Singapore because you literally cannot see any development in the vicinity. La. And then mm. when you start looking at a map, you realize, oh shit, there's a lot of, of green areas. La. And at Dover Park, I didn't know it's that big. I didn't know it's right in the middle of Dover, which is quite a prime location. Mm. Um, so, but then at the same time, like... Uh, I don't know whether this kind of slipped under everybody's radar because apparently there is quite an extensive process that the Urban Development uh, Redevelopment Authority um, goes through for projects that impact a lot of stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are, there are different stages um, and um, I, I don't know where at this stage. So, so Desmond Lee, oh, the thing was that it has been slated for residential development but... There's no timeline yet, right? This for Dover or for Clementi? Uh, I mean, for Clementi Forest, like Clementi Forest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but There's no Dover, Dover has, has a timeline. Oh, Dover has a timeline. Yeah, Dover has. That's, why, that's why they are like doing public consultation and everything now. Mm. Mm, so yeah. this one, I mean, I, w- I will admit that one, one of the thoughts that came to mind was like, hey, fuck a lot of golf courses. But then mm, mm. just a bit of Googling, uh, yeah, la, and uh, made me realize that okay, maybe maybe it's not that simplistic. Um, why why do you say I, that? Why do you say it's not that simplistic? It's, oh, because I saw that. Yeah. That that one uh post by believe it or not, critical spectator, which you mentioned before the mm. the the call, and I looked at it uh, preliminarily. I haven't mm. googled it and all. Uh, I mean, I haven't looked at it in detail. Mm. But I'm also trying to to not just jump to the how you say ah. Uh, the cool thing to say, uh, hey, you know what? We need to protect the environment, blah, blah. Because there's always a trade-off. Mm. Um, it's just I'm trying to to find out more info about the trade-off. La. Because the one thing that comes to my mind is, do you remember a few years ago with the cross-central line, the cross-island yes, MRT correct, line? Correct. Yep, correct, um, yep. And for, for, for context, the overall timeline was that um, it was announced in 2013 and it was meant to go under the central catchment area, which is McRitchie. Yep. Um, but then there was a huge outcry. Um, and then there was um, uh, the government commission, uh, a bunch of surveys and studies to do to consider alternative routes. And at the end of it, by 2019, uh, they decided to carry on going underneath the catchment area, which was, mm. and it was going to be built 70 meters below. Mm. So, I mean, I remember reading up on that process as it was happening. So that instance, it felt like, oh shit, okay. Seems like due diligence was being made. And in the end, they still went with the unpopular opinion. Mm. But I think for me, I'm I'm conflicted, man, because our population is growing. Um, there's, there is limited land in Singapore. I don't think we can reclaim as much as we can clear. So mm. is there not a way to do it more sustainably? Mm. Because I... I think for me, it's like that. It's going to be impossible to not, as much as I hate to say this, to not clear shit for stuff, unless mm. there's some there's some magic pill that we can do la. So that's where I'm. I'm like I'm. I'm in this little floaty ball of 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 confusion. Mm, but but that just by your last statement, it very clearly, or at least it um kind of paints it in a wrong way la. Clear mm. shit. When you say clear shit. You're talking about 158, okay, so, 158 different animal species. Okay, I didn't mean forest. it that way. Like. 
<laughs> I just meant like, like if I have a good meal, I'll be like, that's some good shit. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not eating shit. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, Terrence. It's oh, 2021 God. Terrence. Uh. Just okay, pointing out, but, but when you say like, yeah. that's the okay, point okay. you see, like people don't yeah. understand the value of what is in front of them until it's gone. And I feel very yeah. much, for me like, at least, I feel very much like, uh, especially in Singapore now, nature is one of those things that in the last year, I've, uh, yeah, I've missed it so much. Like, not only because of COVID, um, but the, the just also um, the fact that okay, because of COVID, everyone else, you mm. know, everyone started go to go these places. So it, it got, places started to get very crowded. So it's very difficult for me to, say, for example, bring my dogs with me to everywhere because they're going to be, you know, a lot of small kids and things like that. And so, so, uh, there's this I mean don't don't look I don't look at me as evidence but look at my dogs they I can tell that they are like slightly depressed that they don't get to go out doors as I mean, much as possible yeah, as much as I before mean, don't, don't get me wrong yeah just now if taken out of context it sounds horrible but I would love to keep green areas as much as possible in fact for me also like um, I I how you say I mm. I hate I mean not say I hate urban areas but the the thing I like about the places that uh for me having a park nearby or some mm. sort of green area is fucking important la. Yeah. I don't think I can ever live somewhere in like the hardcore CBD. Of mm. course, Singapore CBD you have pockets here, but I I can't because I yeah the whole, the whole greenery stuff is just very calming and for running it's great and for all that it's great. But yeah. yeah, where where I'm confused is how to how to make a like a case that makes sense to preserve this because I know there's value there. Mm. It's just I haven't found anything that whew, like would make it easy to to lobby against developing something there. La. There is a there is a case la. I mean mm. uh it's just that it'll take it's a multi year effort and it'll take the mm. take a lot of foresight that uh unfortunately the foresight that is will probably last longer than six years. And mm. elections are every six years, la. you know, that's the that's the issue. Because so, I mean so what, yeah. ultimately at the end of the day, a lot of these green spaces and everything can can and will become uh, very precious tourism spots. Uh. Uh, mm. For example, the Botanic Gardens, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a UNESCO, it's Singapore's only UNESCO heritage site. La. And uh, the biodiversity and, and the the types of animals, apparently, like, before they, you know, you know the eco-link that, that links Bukitima Catchment yeah. Reserve to the other one? Before they actually built that, because because that highway particularly like cut into into a lot of animals' uh, territory la. But apparently, before they built that eco link to allow the animals to cross over, right, an average of two pangolins died every year crossing the road, crossing that highway on Singapore on Singapore's road. Eh? And pangolins are like endangered and endangered species around the world. Eh? Mm. So. No, my point is that Singapore has a lot of interesting biodiversity that is can and can be very interesting to uh, not only nature lovers but even like you know uh, documentaries like the BBC and David Attenborough come and cover otters and stuff like that, right? Um, mm. So we have a lot of interesting things that will that provide different different types of uh, options for people to come in and explore and see Singapore in a different light, lah. Um, from the usual Marina Bay Sands, Singapore Flyer, all that nonsense, and and I I think in places like Japan, um, where where I've traveled a little bit in Japan and and gone to their na- national parks and stuff like that, 
I think they do a very good job of keeping it like pristine as a you know as nice hiking locations and and I mean they they build the general infrastructure for you to be able to enjoy the the greenery and uh, at the same time they they try to disturb everything as little as possible we're talking about like active volcanoes and stuff like that lah right mm. so so they allow nature to still carry on but allow tourists to come and really explore the place as a as a full-fledged tourist attraction lah. and that you know that that props up the local economy with the restaurants and the you know transport and, and hotels and stuff like that all just to see like one hiking area for example you know so mm. so it, it, you know we talk about like oh you know if Malaysia don't build the the high speed railway and all that, then Jurong becomes re- irrelevant to people. And then they wanted to build another CBD in Jurong, but now honestly, like office rental of like who who is really working on the office these days, like right? And mm. in the near future, so I I feel like it's just there can be value found in in these sites. Whoa! I heard something Why? crazy. Yeah, that was a plane that just flew flew over. Yeah, in yeah. Office. Sorry, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it can be developed literally as a tourist attraction. The next tourist attraction in Singapore, you know, and and, and uh, maybe the next UNESCO heritage site. It's just that uh, these kind of things take many years. Like it takes the participation yeah. of stakeholders. Uh, I mean, you and I have been to the Natural History Museum before, right, in Singapore. And, and yeah, it's, it's fucking awesome. And it's fucking crazy that that this museum exists. But I I think less than I would say less than fifty percent of Singaporeans have actually visited that museum. Uh, what do you think? Mm. Uh, I was yeah, of course, less than fifty percent. I would say even twenty percent, maybe even ten percent. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so unknown. But then when you go there, then they you read about, or you read and you actually literally see specimens of what the kinds of biodiversity that we have in Singapore. It's just fucking mind blowing, uh. Yeah, yeah. So so that's yeah. why I feel like you know that that's how you repurpose the you know land and and nature spaces into something that is valuable to not just Singaporeans but people outside of Singapore as well, lah. Uh. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, where I was coming from, and to say again, just now I said it, now I'm thinking, fuck, that could misrepresent me in so many ways, because Terrence, yeah. you know I'm a fucking, I'm an all, I'm fucking nature lover, okay, I fucking love green shit, okay, <laughs> and I say shit in a positive way, okay, I was just coming from the, the, the perspective that, okay, like with most things in Singapore, um, con- like decisions like this, it, it, it anyone who is lobbying against it or doing service it's not going to work if it's just to you know like uh, save the environment or something if you want to fight fire with fire you need to build a case around the the sustainability the economic impact and the drivers of whatever growth that that is there like and i think you brought up a good point about tourism because um i mean i think the the the, the thing about japan it is a is a huge country like so space um I, I mean, it's i think it's fair to say that the constraints on space Maybe on a city level, yes, it's packed. But as a country, they they have places to allocate their resources, uh, you know, with a bit more flexibility than Singapore, lah, right? Mm-hmm. But the one example that I looked at was Central Park. You know, Central Park it always boggles my mind. You look at a bird's eye view of New York or a sky view. There's yeah. a huge fucking rectangle in the middle of yes. the the busiest city in the world, or one off, right? Yep, yep. And I was just looking at the numbers. Um, I mean, the Central Park has been around since the 1800s, I believe. And you can imagine how much pressure there is to convert that into spaces where they can build more skyscrapers, more stuff like that. Yeah. But I think there's been a lot of studies to try and of, uh, to, to assign economic value to Central Park. Yes. And I think 
some numbers estimated in 2009, like that was the yep. most recent one I could find. It received annual tax revenue of more than 656 million. Visitors spent more than 395 million due to the park. Mm. In park businesses such as concessions generated 135 million. Yep. Um, there were 4,000 hours of annual film shoots and other right, photography right. that generated 135 million yep. of economic output. Um, and it is one of, I think it is the most photographed or film location in the world. It is mm. a huge tourist attraction. Yeah. And I think part of the appeal is that it is in the middle of a bustling city. La. So correct, correct. if we take that sort of approach, like what you said, these this safe havens in the middle of the city and really play that up, mm. maybe there's some way to assign some sort of economic potential there. Mm -hmm. I, I'm so embarrassed that I used to live in New York, but I did not think of that example first. But thank you for bringing it up. Uh. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome, course, man. Yeah, really. Like, I mean, Central Park. If if for anyone who's who's ever been to New York or lived there for a bit of time, also, yeah, Central Park is just like a. It's like how you orient yourself around the city, lah. You know, essentially, like which side, east side, west side, and 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 you know what street and stuff like that. So so I mean, obviously, the the real estate around Central Park is very expensive, but you still go mm. to go there because. Um, for example, the first the first Shake Shack was at Central Park, you know, and the locations like that, and and there's so many like movies, romantic scenes that were shot in Central Park. So yeah, but I, but at the same time, I also feel like uh, Singapore, we also have our own Central Park. Eh. Do you know Botanic why? Gardens, uh? No, actually, I think Bishan Park is our Central Park. Uh. Like like like, do you think about it? Uh, Bishan Park, we have I think what is the world's most beautiful McDonald's outlet in the world uh, <laughs> in Bishan Park. You define a park by the beauty of the McDonald's in the oh, park. Seriously. Hello, Terrence, get your fucking priorities in no, order, man. You you know uh, you know when we when we first went to school in Philadelphia and then like people are like, oh let's go and check out McDonald's and then you go to McDonald's and it's like someone tells you, oh literally a murder <laughs> took place there like two weeks ago. Someone that's got true, shot in the seat. And like everyone there like I mean there's a lot of homeless people running around but they're all sleeping in McDonald's or they come to you know, ask you for money and it's just a very dodgy experience. La. And then you, mm. then the other McDonald's on campus is like the, at the the base, basement of a children's hospital and you can smell diapers in the air and stuff like that, you know. So, I mm. mean like, but in Singapore, McDonald's is like where you grew up with your friends and, you know, probably talk a lot of cock and, and did a lot of stupid things and, you know, got, got fed cheaply. But the but the Bishan Park McDonald's is another step up. La. Have you seen, have you been there before? Mm. No. Oh my god, you know, oh, maybe you've been to the old iteration because that was like when you maybe. were in school. But after it got renovated and, and it's now like literally by the side of the a natural lake in Bishan Park. And okay, I'm looking at pictures. Uh. And then, yeah, mm. there's like a veranda. No, no, what I'm saying, there are like steps for people to sit outside and eat alfresco if they want. Mm. And it's just like, you know, you can see the sunset. It's beautiful in Bishan Park and maybe ought Otters will come once in a while and badger you for, for food, I'm not sure. But we I think it really is one of the most beautiful McDonald's locations in the world. Uh. So you spent two minutes talking about Bishan Park and how beautiful <laughs> it is, and you have said nothing about the greenery or the flora oh, and yeah, the fauna yeah. except okay. the otters. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> and they, they, the, the beautiful thing was that during the, I think the renovations in the early 2000s, what they did was they took the giant longkang that cut through Bishan Park and they yeah. just filled that longkang, they, they cleared the cement and filled it with greenery and just let it be a natural, like, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, like, uh, it's like, when it waterway. Rains, la, ah, waterway. waterway so when, it, yeah. when the rain, when it pours, right, like when it's very heavy rain, the whole thing just floods up and just collects all the water and like shifts it somewhere else. La. 
And but it's all intentional, right? It's, it's all intentional, way, right? but it looks yeah. spectacular. Like. It feels like, wow, this is like class three uh, white water rafting or some some shit like that. Like. So so mm. Bishan Park is, is like is all this all this nature and it's in the middle of like a whole bunch of like uh, public housing estates. There's a MRT across the road, you know, things like that. So, so it's just, to me like Bishan Park has a lot of potential. Um, yeah. I guess all we need now is like, yeah, la, a bit more maybe cultural performances there and things like that la, to make it like a, yeah. a real hangout. Yeah. I guess I guess what you said is very true. Like it almost seems to be like um, a decision that is made that might not be the most economically profitable and all that, but it's almost like, okay, once they commit, they commit, like, which, mm. I mean, in in for the government level, it's fucking hard to do, especially if elections are happening every five years. Mm. But there was another example related to Central Park because you can imagine the amount of pressure that, that real estate developers are putting on the, the non-profit that runs the Central Park. But even in, um, I think in 2016, uh, there was an analysis by New York Times that said some of the tallest skyscrapers uh, around the park were would cast shadows as long as 1.6 kilometers during winter, which means mm. it covers up to a third of the park's length. Mm. So in 2018, the New York City Council proposed legislation that would restrict the construction of skyscrapers near city parks. Mm. Wow. So that is like, whoa, shit, that is fucking in, in, insane. Like, especially in New York where you can imagine every floor of a skyscraper is like, I don't know how many million dollars worth of value yep, they yep, yep. they took that stand. Like. Of course, you can argue that okay, America is bigger, so uh, there's more space to play with. But it's one of those things that you see over and over again. Even like the way we develop our football talent, our this, mm. it's a it's a long term game. Like. and I think it's it's a. Uh, of course, you, you we are speaking from just more from the observers. We we don't have any expertise in urban redevelopment and all that. But also, I hope it's not just the case that. Okay, it would require too revolutionary uh, uh, an idea to make it work. So let's just go with what we know we can do. Mm-hmm. I think which uh, feels like yeah. I think yeah. they they also did say that they will um, they are uh, gonna be a bit more transparent in the whole planning process as well, like, and involve mm-hmm. involve uh, stakeholders, especially the you know uh, activists or green activists earlier in the process. Because yeah. I think the problem now is we always feel that decision, decisions are already made and then consultation and then after that consultation happens and then it has to be uh, it has to be a protest it has to be like you know uh, open letters and stuff like that Bef- mm. then then they then they go back on their decision uh, as opposed to um, yeah, la, where, where the Consultation starts way before before the whole thing's announced. Start. Like I think in the central catchment reserve, because I, I felt like I felt, I felt like for that one where the MRT was running underground, um, they really did uh did a very very thorough check of like uh, yeah, everything, yeah. Uh, and it felt like um the idea also got you know after examining all the options, there were also green activists who also were like okay. I mean, I think I think There's, we've we've checked a lot of boxes already, and this is yeah, seems like yeah. the least the least evil option, right? Yeah. So so I guess we we have to also give credit to the stuff that the government said they they are planning. You know, they I think yesterday they announced the green plan to to uh institute a lot of change climate related by by twenty thirty Um, and I think. Yeah, I think the whole thing, like what you said, it doesn't have to be a protest or anything. If you think about it, right, the whole conversation over Dover 
can be in some way attributed to that one video of Clementi Forest. Mm. Or that 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 one was the first thing that brought people's attention. Like, holy shit, this exists in Clementi. Mm. And then people started digging. So if anyone feels fucking strongly about environmental impact and all that, then that's great. But just maybe just find something you love, record it, put it online and get people aware that this kind of beauty exists in Singapore like, because that I think is a, is a, is awesome that, that video I remember seeing it go viral mm. and if it resulted in some sort of discussion that's fucking awesome like, and if it resulted in an MP coming out and saying we're going to extend the consultation by 30 days that in effect is changed already Mm-mm. which is great so how do you feel about them tearing down your old your old school and all that as well I mean the school thing I think uh, I'm less attached to to Build, like because it's a building uh, I think okay tear it down okay there's some nostalgia and all that I'm fine if it was primary rainforest or something then it would feel like wow then then it feels like it was something else and then now mm. it's being turned into something else yeah yeah I mean for me it was like I mean yeah of course I have memories of that that, that location and that building and everything um, but it was it's not like it was a public institution like the National mm. Library or something that that served mm. everyone. Uh, at the end of the day, it was still a very a much um, smaller community la, of of uh, you know students who went to Raffles Junior College and all. Um, mm. Because I always think back to that that time when they, I think there was a ex civil servant or someone who made a suggestion about National Day Parade and then he was shot down and made to retract his statements and things like that la. Basically, mm. he was saying that um, yeah, National Day Parade. Uh, it's fantastic, you know. It's a it's a great celebration, and everything, but it should be for all uh, It shouldn't be limited to just people who are able to get invitations or be able to lucky enough to ballot for tickets and all. Mm. Uh, so he's saying that the budget, whatever budget that you have for NDP and all that, right? Rather than spend it all on the performance and all, why not uh, just get fireworks all across the nation? So that everyone can celebrate. Everyone anywhere mm. can celebrate. Even from your home, your balcony, downstairs, upstairs, whatever. You can receive fireworks and have your own little celebration. Uh, and feel mm. proud to be Singaporean. And um, I mean, he. I think after that he retracted his statements because it was like considered like blasphemy for civil servants to say that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then look at what happened in 2020 because Last, of yeah, COVID. That's right. Because of COVID, we had no choice but to do this. And, and what, what it was you, quite awesome, It right? was really awesome. It was awesome to open the window yeah. and just see fireworks even I if it's like miles did. away, the, the kilometers away. I just felt like, oh, okay. You know, it just gives me a reason to come out and then just shout something to people across the, yeah. the, the rooftops and everything. And it was just yeah, fun. That, right? was, that was so cool. That was so cool. Yeah, yeah. So the, the point is that like when we think about uh, yeah, like how to plan and, and, and make decisions about places. We've got to think about how many people enjoy a certain privilege or what. You can say, yeah, we've been clearing golf clubs for a while, which I think is actually a very big part of the, the critical spectator, that, that thing, right? Where he says that, oh, you know, we, who says we haven't been clearing golf clubs all this while? We have been doing that a lot. But my point is that the, the, the very existence of golf clubs is a very exclusionary thing already. Mm-hmm. Right. It's already it already excludes people from enjoying these areas. It already just like fences off people and, and, and makes very clear demarcations between the haves and the have nots. Uh. Whereas yeah, like exactly. public parks and everything, right? Like it's it's that's the beauty of it, like, You know, anyone can go there, whether you're rich or you're poor or what, and enjoy the facilities and, and, and you know, it's have like, yeah. have meetings and stuff like that. Like. 
It's like currently when you go to MacRitchie or Botanic Gardens or Bukit Timah mm. Nature mm. Reserve, there's a certain leveler there. Like, when people yeah. are hiking and all, you don't, unless they hike in like, I don't know, fucking Gucci or some shit <laughs> like that. But um, it feels like, okay, like everyone's enjoying this this place. Like. Yeah, exactly. Like when you see the so, otters, yeah. it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. It's still yeah. ex- it's still exciting to <laughs> see the otters. Right? Unless unless they eat your coin. Unless, unless they, they eat your coin. Then you're like, fuck <laughs> these otters. Then you're angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> then I would say but you apart should. apart from that, everyone is like, yeah. Everyone yeah. Like, oh, otters are awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I see otters eating fish. I'm like, oh, so cute. Actually, it's them savage. Yeah, so, cute, but, so cute. <laughs> oh, but yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what I think about, about the golf courses. Like, it comes down to like the the... I mean, just think about the larger picture about why, why the intense need to have golf courses in Singapore. You can say it's tourism, but again, I would argue that it's just less accessible to to even more mm. tourists, lah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like whenever I see a golf course, there's something in me that goes like, "Hmm, all right, okay, you do you." Yeah. All oh, this bullshit. No, maybe I mean golf. golf is maybe it's fun and everything, lah. But it's just that, uh, yeah, lah. It's. Do you need how much? How many do you need, like in Lenskar Singapore, like, right? Trickle down economics, bro. It'll attract all the people who like uh, all the billionaires and all to come it's to a, Singapore. It's fake news. And then fake news. and then trickle down, fake trickle news. down like a waterfall fake to the news. rest of Singapore. Fake, fake, <laughs> fake news. Yeah. But yeah, all right. There was a yes, a, a big serious topic, but um, yeah. Then our actually this one. Is also quite. Uh, I mean, it's it's also a lot about <clears throat> intervention, like in people's. Uh, you mean the next topic or? Yeah, the next topic. Oh, the next topic. Okay. Unless you yeah. had something else to add. Oh no, no 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 no! You can you can go on and and introduce the next topic. Yeah, because <clears throat> I think we're talking about intervention in on literal physical spaces. Now we're talking mm. about intervention in a digital space, la. And uh, yeah. what is this intervention that we're talking about? Yeah. So um apparently there there have been plans um as part of like a digital literacy movement uh for students around Singapore to be issued with a personal laptop or tablet um at by uh, uh, by I think 2024 that was the plan mm-hmm. but because of covid it was expedited and essentially these are laptops or, or tablets given by the school mm-hmm. right uh given by MOE um which sounds awesome uh, and which I don't know whether there's any other country that does it, but what what caused some controversy is that um, there was news that um, the MOE's device management application or DMA for short mm-hmm. will be installed on the personal learning devices, and they will be able to control and monitor the use of the device <laughs> deemed necessary to improve student management and deliver effective teaching. So there was a petition at the end of January there by a student who. Uh, called to, to stop MOE from implementing the DMA on student laptops and mm. basically pointed out that the DMA has three main functions, which is classroom management, mobile device management, usage management. Um, and it was a bit too much. Like, it was a bit too much of an intrusion of privacy. Plus, if all the data from students, user habits and all are consolidated in one place, if there's a data breach, if it's hacked, then everyone's at risk. Mm. Then the MOE came out with a statement to clarify that it is... It will not track personal information. Um, it does not track location, identification numbers, or passwords. Um, and it is only going to capture online activities such as web search history. Mm. 
to restrict access to objectionable material. Okay. And it will capture device information to facilitate troubleshooting. And once the student graduates, everything will be deleted from the the servers that uh, accumulated all the data. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's the crux of it. And what were your first thoughts? Huh? I think the, f- the first thing we need to do is let's just put the... But I, I know everyone is like, oh yeah, you see what happened to Trace together and all that. But let's just assume that 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 this is all done in good faith, lah. In the sense that, mm. uh, just for the sake of the argument, let's just assume that uh, there's not going to be data breaches. Uh, mm. they're not going to turn around and suddenly tell us that oh, actually they they use the data to to track your location and stuff like that, lah. Right. Mm. Okay. Then then because you know you're going to meet someone like we have a mutual friend who, who you know who worked in China and everything. The moment we talk about trace together, immediately his first response is like, "You're stupid, lah! Y'all don't know that this is happening. Y'all don't know that yeah, they are being tracked." Right? But you that kind don't of know argument, being watched now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know that we are all being watched, but for the sake of argument, let's assume that everything's done in good faith and everything that is uh that, that all the information that we have now is 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 accurate, lah. And it's more an argument mm. about how much the reach the government can have in all these learning devices, lah. Um, I mean, to me, it's because they are issued by the school, right? I mean, mm. they, uh, it's it's perfect to me. It's perfect. It seems perfectly reasonable that they put in software that restricts uh, access to pornography or, or even keywords, searching keywords or stuff like that, and and gambling or or even terrorist sites, Because literally, I mean, in the past week, we just talked about a sixteen-year-old kid who was reading conspiracy theories and far-right extremist material online and got self-radicalized to the point he went on carousel and went to buy parang and, and a tactical vest to want to attack two mosques. Ah. So, mm. so I'm saying that these are real dangers of uh, you know self-radicalization that can happen or when when you know when someone who doesn't have the right context or the right guidance is given a device that allows him to just access anything he wants. Ah. I mean, in Singapore, we've had like the, you know, the the ban on websites like Playboy since the start of the internet and all that already, right? Mm. So it's mm. like, okay, la, I mean, it's just part of the, it's just part of living in Singapore. Lo. But but the petition also mentioned that the DMA, DMA will be required to be installed on student laptops that are not school issued as well. Mm. I, I think if you use, if you your declare, own, yeah, if you declare that you're using your own laptop or, yeah, for you know, for home based learning, because I think home based learning is gonna be a big thing, right? Then mm. then you just have to install, you have to install the software, lor. Mm. So so I think my my thought was initially okay. Um, if it's school issued, mm. um, ultimately, I mean, my my first thought was that okay, you work for a company, they give you a laptop. Um, yeah. How free is it? But then but then then you get private companies. But I was thinking if you work in the civil service, which mm. is the government, which is funded by taxpayers' money amidst, uh, amongst other things, it's, I mean, it's some way, it's like the adult equivalent of, okay, it's not exactly like school, but it's, it's taxpayer money, right? Yep, yep. Um, and you get your laptop. Uh, I do believe that the civil servant laptops now are still restricted. I mean, just a few years ago, they couldn't even access the internet, lah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's a real, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real fucking thing. It's yeah. a real fucking thing. I don't know. I think that changed already. But, but I was thinking, okay, if it's issued by the school, they have the right. But then, then it gets confusing if the kid wants to use their own laptop, but they still need to install it, which ultimately means that. 
if I mean because laptops and tablets are going to be part of the curriculum, mm. so there's it's not an opt out thing. Mm. So if they are saying that okay, you have to use this for school. Sure, you can use your own laptop, but you also have to install this. <laughs> there's something there that I feel. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I feel. Maybe, yeah, or, I, I guess. Uh, I guess the case you're saying is that the student uh is able to afford his own laptop and wants to use his own laptop. For, yeah. For the thing that so. My question is, yeah, la, what are they being issued? Is everyone being issued a laptop, la? Cause, cause if if that's not the case, then then yeah, you are forcing people to install software on their own personal computers, lah. I think I think they said in March last year it was announced that all secondary one students will own a school prescribed personal learning device by twenty twenty four under a new national digital literacy programs. Yeah. But then it was brought forward during circuit breaker, lah. Yeah. So yeah. all secondary students will be issued with a personal laptop or tablet by this year. Um, I mean, if anyone listening has kids in secondary school or if you're a secondary school kid listening to this, uh, great. But um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how 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 whether that actually happened. Whether they they are being given. This was written in 2021, like, So it'll be by the end of this year, like, probably. So so I guess yeah. So that's where. Honestly, when when I was googling this, there wasn't too much about this. There was only a handful of articles. I expected there to be a lot more. Mm-hmm. And right now, I mean, the signatures. There's about six thousand plus signatures, lah. Which yeah. is not not a lot of signatures on a you know this kind of uh, surprisingly, lah. Given that it's on the internet and we're talking about students and everything, so I don't know. Is that is? Do you think there's a lot of uh, Angers or, or or support for for this. I mean, okay, so this is where I I would appreciate your perspective as a as a parent, uh, mm. even though you're you're a new parent. But yeah. you know the way the article, certain lines that said, um, this includes effective classroom management as teachers can make use of the DMA to focus students' attention. So when I read that, I'm like, wow, fuck! You're adding another thing to the teacher's plate. Mm. Hello. These people are like fucking 24-7 managers of your kid, is it? Mm. So I can imagine parents actually seeing this as a good thing because it outsources the care that they need to provide or supervision they need to provide for their child's browsing habits. Mm -hmm. Um, But what what do you think of that possibility? Because it feels like over the past few years, uh, just from observing or listening to my friends talk, it's easy to outsource the disciplining of your kid to to the teacher. Correct, correct. And it's almost like there's an expectation that if you send the kid to school, they should come back a better person when, and you don't have to do anything as a parent at home. La. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, there's a... I, I just go, trying to go through the petition to try to understand, better understand what are the pain points for these people. And it seems to me... Um, remember our the parameter we said at the start, right? The mm. first thing, the one of the things they merely say is that, oh... That the fact that the teacher has such power to, you know, install software on your computer or that, it opens it up to hacking. That means somebody else can come in and then hack and then put stuff on your computer and, and things like that. Lah. Mm. So immediately there's this, basically that parameter that we started with, I think this petition is saying that, oh, that will happen. Like someone, some malicious hacker can come in, take control of the teacher's account and and then, I don't know, put mm. up porn pictures into your into your thing. Lah. Um... Mm. But to me, that's uh, is less likely I to don't use any yeah. don't use any electronics. Exactly, <laughs> any I mean anything you use has a chance of a pop up of a you know a genitalia popping up and everything. Any website you go to right now has that possibility also lah. If you don't use yeah. a pop up blocker, so 
it's like it's to me it's one of those things where it's like I mean everything's open to hacking, like right? Like in some ways the argument is a it's a catch twenty two kind of thing, like right? Mm. So you mm. when you restrict the teachers and then someone like comes in and punches and knocks out your teacher and takes away your teacher's account. <laughs> That's also considered <laughs> hacking. Blame, right? You blame the DMA. <laughs> hey, fuck the government. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you it's like they try to restrict the possibility of hacking and people say that oh that opens it up to even more hacking and more power. But I think maybe what they're trying to address is the power dynamics. La. The fact that the teachers yeah. the teachers have so much discretion and so much power to decide what you see. So so I, I, I'm getting a sense that this is what they are really trying to address. But then they're talking about privacy and all these things, but it's really about the fact that the teacher himself is able to see, oh, ah, Aresh, are you surfing porn, are you? They can't think yeah. And then it's, <laughs> maybe it's embarrassing for them in that case. La. Yeah, so what, what, what do you think of that? I mean, in some way, yeah, I, I just feel like I oh, must really control until there. Of course, there's a, there's a threat of uh, coming into interfacing with horrible shit on the internet, but how far are you gonna go to to monitor what these kids do in their life, lah? Because, uh, I mean, you know, we always say we want Singaporeans to be creative, we want innovation and all that. But if everything is gonna be monitored, there's always gonna be this, this how you say, uh, this this pressure or or lack of just being able to really follow your curiosities. Uh. Mm. Um, and that, I think, yeah, it, 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 you know, there's so much talk about how Singapore, we want not just the standard uh, academics, you know, it's time to move on beyond just math, science, you want more all-around development. But yeah. to me, this is like, I can see the benefit of it, but again, is it really necessary? Is there not a better way to, to make sure the kid develops better? Maybe it's better teaching methods, maybe better exam exam formats or something mm. because this ultimately is a tool to help them learn right but if you're dictating what they learn I mean honestly some of the most creative ideas I've ever come up with has been after I just stumbled into some fucking dark places on the internet la. of course these mm. are kids these are mm. kids yes we know these are kids um, so maybe you can restrict maybe restrict porn sites and all that mm. but to know the browsing history that I feel is like wow Mm. Really necessary, man. Like the teacher gonna have enough time to go through her, her, him or hers, like fucking hundreds of students every day and say, oh, no that, la. AI lah, bro. AI like carousel, carousel like AI. Carousel, <laughs> carousel AI. Carousel AI. It'll catch, it'll catch yeah, everything so for you. We'll let you know in one month uh, how badly <laughs> the student has been has been performing. <laughs> Actually, but but you you bring up interesting point like. You bring up interesting point in the sense that. Uh, because okay, I I I quote uh, This is from the petition. The person asked, "Blocking the computer will not result in students suddenly acquiring stupendous amounts of self-discipline. They still have access to their phone and other devices." Then the rhetorical questions come in. Will the DMA help students become more mature? Will it bring about lasting behavioral benefits? Will it solve the root of the problem in the long term? Or will it bring about temporary, superficial, short-term consent at the cost of a permanent solution, a permanent opinion, malice, whatever the hell that is, a hatred of authority and a loss of privacy? Does MOE not strive to build a values-based education? Although I believe that DMA scheme was made with good intentions, uh, blah, 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 the resources can be better spent on teaching values education. Uh, so the person is saying exactly what you're saying here. Lah, in the sense that, mm. uh, or, 
yeah, you know, the intentions might be good in setting up a lot of these parameters and all, but isn't there a better way, you know, to let the kid learn without being so restrictive and and then having all these things enforced and all that? Um, and I so so as a and you ask me as a parent, right? I would say yes, of mm. course, of course. There's a there is a perfect way to teach your kids and give them all the freedom in the world to do whatever the hell they want. Uh, and 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 but then you know when they just before they they hit, they click on the terrorist site, you just manage to just tap their hand and then stop them from doing it, lah. I don't even say beat mm. them; I say tap their hand, lah. So mm. it is possible, but it is is really really resource intensive, lah. I give yeah. you an example in the sense that there's two schools of thoughts when it comes to uh, babies, uh, how babies sleep. Some say you put a baby in a cot to sleep. Uh, it's, it's safe, lah, right? But it hinders his free movement and development and rolling around and stuff like that, lah, which it does, right? Because mm. at the end of the day, the cot has all these protective surfaces around it, protective uh, mm. walls around it. The baby can't roll as freely. He doesn't understand the concept of a bit and what happens when you fall off a bit and all that, lah, right? So he, mm. he'll just continue rolling and rolling and then until one day, he really rolls off a bit and then ouch, right? So yeah. you could do that. You could put him in a cot. Or you could do like some parents believe that you put him in a tilam. You just put a tilam on the floor and you just put, let the baby sleep there. Mm. But but what happens there is that a lot of times you have to, the baby has to sleep in the room with you on the tilam. Ah, because mm. you, you still need to monitor if the baby really falls off the tilam and everything. Like, and then his face is like face planted on the floor. And he can't breathe, like, you know. Not, not mm. saying that that can't happen in a cot, but it's just that the cot, uh, it helps you, you know, you don't have to worry about the baby uh, falling and, and breaking his head or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But what it means is that uh, one particular, one side of parents need to spend a lot of more, uh, basically sleep a lot less watching their baby, whereas the other one can sleep a bit more knowing that the baby won't fall and break his head. You know what I mean? Mm-mm-mm. So it is possible, but there, it comes at a very big cost to everyone's sanity, everyone's health and, and all that as well. Yeah. And mm. that's where you got to balance it. Also, it, we can talk about a values education where we let the kid explore anything he wants, and you know, and then only if like we we somehow have to observe them. And then, but I, I would say I would argue that if you were to do that and that alone, then you need to hire a whole a, a bigger army of teachers and then counselors and all that to be ready to react anytime like a kid opens up a website about terrorism and stuff and stuff like that, lor. Mm. But so I mean. But that that is also in some way related to what we were talking about in the first story. What has always been the case about uh, just now? I brought the example of football. It's almost like, um, yeah, wh- how are you attacking the problem? Like, and I think there's no right way. Um, but to me, it it would be a long term thing also, la, to beef up the manpower and infrastructure of teaching, so that if someone goes down the path of I don't know radicalization, they can be corrected, yeah. So. I think yeah, I think I think that's where it gets it gets tougher because ultimately this could boil down to do we want to give people freedom um, and then to explore anything and deal with the potential issues that come up or we even reduce that risk like, And Singapore typically has has the the mantra seems to always be okay, let's reduce the risk and we be very focused on what we want the outcome of the students to be like. mm-hmm. If they're good in this good, that's all. We don't need we don't need like someone to come up with the next. I don't know, brilliant uh, idea that's going to be fucking world-changing. We just want like, okay, maybe 10 good ideas. Mm. I don't know, that's just that's just an analogy. But I think it's it's yeah, it's yeah a very tough debate. Like, and like what you said, yeah, the 
and it's also a very romantic idea oh you know give freedom and you know like I for one am not a, a believer of complete free speech mm. uh, I think last time I was like oh you know everyone should have a right to say anything they want but yeah certain boundaries can be helpful like. it's just this one felt like hmm the boundary is uh, is quite it's quite uh, quite tight la. Mm. so so it's interesting to hear your perspective as a parent because yeah I think I'm speaking as a non-parent in fact I don't even have a pet Right, yeah. um, and I think it's very easy to just say, "Oh, you, yeah, you take care of your kid, uh, take care of this." You know, you as a parent, you do this, but but the lives we all lead now are very different, also. And same way, the things the kids are exposed to these days are very different from our time, like even mm. uh, our time. You let us rain free, okay? What we're we gonna do? We're gonna talk to our neighbors, mm. talk to people, but mm. we, there was no internet, lah. So now maybe this is just one of those 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 things that to to deal with the information overload. It's a way to help kids cope. Maybe it's a Correct. good thing for them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I think you... you Actually, I, as in, I think that uh, it is a better solution to have, to be able to hire more teachers, more counsellors, and, and be more, pay more attention to the students. I think it's a much better thing to have uh, more resources like that. It's just that, uh, like, like what you say, like, the information overload now is, we are still learning how to cope with the internet. Like. Don't say it children, like, adults or so, like, right? Our addiction mm. to smartphones. We don't know what the hell is doing to our to our eyes, our sperm count. We will know in like probably 50, 60 years' time, la, you know, when this mm. when this generation reaches older age and everything. La. Um yeah. so yeah, I mean we're all still learning to cope. And I think this is like I mean, if this is to me the analogy is like this is like building a little dam la, to to yeah la, to manage the flow of information such that the current uh generation of teachers can cope hopefully more easily with this. Although, correct me if I'm wrong, but then maybe some teacher will come and tell us that like having to manage this thing is damn fucking troublesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's going to be that. I'm sure it's going to be that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, there were real cases of like, like people Zoom bombing, like people just randomly coming into students' Zoom classes and then like, I don't know, showing the, mm. the, the, the penises or something to the to them. So, so all, the, all this, it, it, you, have, you have to tackle all this, or you have to deal with all this, right? So so maybe if maybe it's it's because everyone is very attached to the concept that this is a laptop, this is a tablet, and it should have access to everything else that other laptops and tablets have. Yeah. But if it was just if it's a learning device, I think that's yeah. why the terminology they use in articles so is a learning device. It's yeah. issued by the school. It is not a laptop. It is not a tablet. It is just something that helps you learn better. Yeah. Um. And in some way. Now we live in a world of customization, right? You know, yeah. people love, myself included, the Spotify browse list. You yep. click browse, you listen to all the music that, oh, fucking, it's this is what I love, man. Correct, maybe correct. on the positive side, maybe this can help equalize in some way or customize learning for people who maybe are not the best with the current system. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that would need help with like the, the carousel AI and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to customize it. But, but yeah, so that's where... The argument for this, and that's why maybe it didn't get that much buzz because more, there are more people who are like, no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I mean, it's it's tough, la. it's tough as a, whether as a parent or educator to to have to monitor, to have to police everything that the, that a child sees and does. Uh, yeah, like you say, la, back in our days, like literally, I mean, the my first experience of a friend's pawn stash was like he had a little shrine hidden behind a a painting in his room or something like that. La. You yeah. Know, yeah, behind a cupboard. <laughs> so it was literally yeah, so that. Some CD, la, some CD, is it? No, I mean, it was, he had a shrine, la, like magazines and oh, CDs and all that. So <laughs> it was that difficult to like, you know, keep 
to 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 procure stuff and keep <laughs> yeah. it hidden. Uh. It was that difficult. Like, you had, had to, to hide after school and all. Yeah, it was almost like a <laughs> fucking like uh, what's that? What's the show that I just watched? Uh? Uh, Alice in Borderland. It felt like that kind of game uh, where you had to break into a room to to access mm-hmm. the porn stash. Uh. So, but now it's like you can just you know go in the browser and just type in whatever you want and find it uh. So, it's a very big difference, uh, and 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 like I think we are still le- all learning how to talk to children about it and how to just accept that it's also part of things. But if in school, like where you can't monitor your child as closely because he's in school and all that, and but you 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 sort of try and depend on an AI to do it for you or a teacher to do it for you, that I mean that's that's the best that you can hope for also, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's Correct. why I feel like yeah, if you can take a look at the 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 the, art, the petition and then understand what try I guess I try to understand where this where this comes from, like I mean, I'm not sure if this is a teacher or a, or a student. I think it's a student. I believe, I, yeah, I believe it's a student, lah, because there are very. He ends with a very what do you call it, lah. Um, he ends with a. I propose a system that equips the two groups closest to students, parents and teachers, with the knowledge and aptitude necessary to ensure the future generation grows to become self-disciplined, temperate, and morally strong. I'm mm. like, whoa, I mean, when 2020, Trump just was president for the last four years and stuff like that. And like, basically he's advocating for for people to be independent thinkers and learn how to, you know, discern for themselves and everything. Lah. And I mean, if anything, lah, our last four years have, have shown us that that is damn hard. Lah. It's not easy. Yeah, that's <laughs> damn hard. Yeah. And some weird things can happen. Yeah, very, very <laughs> so, weird things. Lah, yeah. But but it's still it's still an interesting thing like but and that's why I wish there was more discussion about that online or I mean on Reddit I think there's there's quite a few mm. but but yeah so if anyone has any thoughts or if actually it'd be great to hear from teachers uh, who are impacted yeah. or who will be impacted by this so so head on over to our subreddit oh yeah and, and, and just cor- leave your thoughts there but correct us if we're wrong so because I'm reading a couple of comments in this petition where they are saying that the device they have to pay for it themselves. Mm, that, was it? Yeah, I think that changes things a lot, lah. If if you have to pay for it yourself, or so. But then you look at the MOE statement. They say it'll be issued. I don't know, but issued, but yeah. you know, it could be issued with a subsidy or issued or something like that. You know. No, they issued a thing, but no charging cable. <laughs> like you have to pay four thousand dollars for this. Oh, well, that's that's like <laughs> no Apple. That's Apple style. Uh, Apple style. Oh, correct, correct. I issue a phone, but no charging cable. <laughs> no charging pay, cable. Pay additional for this. <laughs> Save the earth, yo. <laughs> But yeah, it's a interesting, interesting argument, lah. And and, and like just, just yeah, it's interesting also because, um, yeah, we you you understanding that people like Harish and I come from a certain generation that with a certain context around, you know, like we draw the line between school and home and how 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 today is much harder to do it, lah. So if you're yeah, a student, man. also it's it's also interesting to hear your opinion about it, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also cool. like to understand understand how pawn stashes were kept used to be kept la. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should do an entire podcast about that. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how pawn has evolved. Yeah, it used to be like I remember that it was it used to be it was like a pizza party kind of thing. Like the friend would invite all <laughs> yeah, over and then you order right. pizza and then we would all happily eat that pizza. Then okay, everyone's like after <laughs> a while you finish your second pizza, they're like, Okay, you're ready? <laughs> yeah, you're ready. <laughs> Then a few weeks before, right, you're like, how next Friday? Next Friday, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next Friday, yeah, next Friday, can I? Whose house? Whose house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whose house? Oh, my parents will be out. My, come on, house, come on, house. Oh, love it. Yeah. Fucking funny. Crazy, crazy times, man. Yep. But yeah, cool. 
All right. And uh, that leaves us with our final segment called the uh, One Shock Thing of the Week. Yes. Would you like to, to start, Terrence? Uh, okay. I mean, I, I think it's... I uh, it's quite interesting lah. I, I remember a few weeks ago I talked about this uh Japanese uh air stewardess who was working for SQ and then subsequently got laid off as part of the whole COVID nineteen mm. thing. Yeah. So she's gone on full fledged to I mean she's she's got a new job in Singapore. So so thankfully she's staying in Singapore and, and has employment and, and has a roof over her head. Uh but she's going on full fledged to be a Hello. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Sorry, I heard something. A lady's no, just voice. some videos. Oh. Videos started playing. No, but yeah, so she she's going on full fledged to become a content creator, or YouTuber, and everything. Um, mm. And she's starting. At, at first, I didn't understand what was going on because she was speaking in, in Japanese and everything. But I realized what she's trying to do now is called a straw to millionaire project or something like that, where she's um, going to she's trying to trade up from a. Uh, just a straw or something like that. Oh and shit! Butter. She's doing that. Yeah, she's trying to butter with uh different people, starting in the Japanese community in Singapore, for um for more better and better items until she can afford a condominium, a room in a condo, for herself That's or to buy a condominium. Dope, man. Yeah, so I think this was inspired years ago by the red paper clip thing or something like that, right? Yeah. Where someone, well, uh, yeah. Uh, I you mean you? I think you know it better. Yeah. What what was that? Uh? Uh yeah, sorry to because I was just, I was getting excited because okay so so this thing happened a few years ago where some guy wanted to trade up from a red paper clip to a house mm. and it went viral. This was before real social media and all. Yeah. Um, it went viral. I think that he the story was optioned for a screenplay and to to be turned into a movie. But why I got excited is because last year during COVID, someone did it in the US mm. where she wanted to trade up from. She started a TikTok and I think her first TikTok where she, I don't know whether she started it with a paperclip or something, but she posted it overnight. It got 4 million views mm. and she started a whole project doing that. Yeah. The trade-up project or something. Yeah. So, oh, that's cool that she's doing that in Singapore. Yeah, and and, and what's I guess what's interesting about it is that um, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to, this episode, I'm just going to trade for this and then that's it. La. So she's, I mean, she's Japanese, her videos are in Japanese. So she goes around the Japanese diaspora in Singapore, which is, uh, is uh, diaspora in Singapore, which is not big, uh, not, not small. I mean, I, I, if, if I last heard, I think there are 20,000 Japanese in Singapore, living in Singapore. Um, so she goes to like ramen uh, restaurant and then talks to the owner of the ramen restaurant and then, and then she trades something with him. So in the last one I watched where she traded, um, he gave her some uh, a bowl that he uses to to cook ramen, lah, you know, uh, for, for mm. something that was uh, of lower value from her. And then at the same time, he treated her to a bowl of ramen. So she reviews the ramen at the same time. And then they talk a little bit about, you know, their life in Singapore and things like that. So it's it's just an interesting thing because you, you rarely get such a... Uh, such a uh, you know intimate glimpse into how an expatriate is living in in Singapore as well, uh, the the struggles of a young person oh, living in Singapore. That's so cool. And, Wait, and so what what is the project called? Uh oh, I mean, I, I let me just her, her channel is I A O I I O E, uh, Singapore Airlines. If you just look at I O E Singapore <laughs> Airlines, I O E's channel comes up because her channel is literally called I O E's yeah. channel. Then you go to yeah. the channel and. Uh, um, I think. Wait, let me just. I have it in front of me now. I wish channel. Uh, straw millionaire in Singapore. That's what she calls it. Yeah. So I think. Yep. She she's so had cool. she's had two videos already lah. So, the first one yeah she is, 
she went to eat uh, ramen at uh, Ramen Matsuri and then mm. she traded up for that bowl and then now the, the part 2 released 3 days ago I think she's trading up for at Marugan yeah and she numbers it on number 1 number 2 everything so I think she's trading it for alcohol or something now oh, or shit, sake maybe that's cool yeah so that's cool. interesting lah yeah this is I mean hopefully wow, condo in Singapore not cheap man <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. hopefully when she gets there, like we all can say that we were there at the start or so lah. The person in the US, she, hers is called the Trade Me Project. She started in I think March or April last year from a bobby pin to a house, and she has four point five million followers on TikTok. And the way she does it is quite is very entertaining lah. Mm. So that's quite cool that someone's trying to do it in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah, because I first when she first posted the video, for the, she, I don't know maybe because it's English isn't her first language lah, but the the caption in the thumbnail was aim for condo in Singapore. So I was like, oh God, is she just going to talk about how hard she's going to work or, 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 I mean, I don't know if it's going to be some outdated shit like, oh, I want to marry a rich guy or whatever shit like that. Yeah, I watched it. I thought, actually, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting. She's trying oh, to, to cool. do something that's like very old school viral. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. How about your, you? what's your one shot thing? My one trip thing came up just as I was reading up about the whole Dover Forest thing. There's actually someone in Singapore who goes by the name of BioGirl MJ. And mm. she has a Facebook page called Just Keep Thinking. And she makes these very watchable videos about nature in Singapore. I think she's a, she studied biodiversity or something like that. Mm. But it's, it's, a, it's a very sciencey kind of thing, but it's done in an interesting way. And I think it's fucking awesome, man. She, she has 68,000 followers on Facebook already and I've never seen, seen her videos given how much time I've spent on social media. Wait, where is so she from is again? Singapore. Oh, Singaporean. Uh? Yeah. Oh, so okay. she walks around. I saw the one video where she walked around talking about, you know how during COVID when there was no grass cutting happening outside, she went around looking at the new species of grass that were popping up everywhere and explaining what species this is, why this is so cool and blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's so damn awesome, man. Oh, nice. Nice. What's, yeah. the, what's the name of the channel again? Uh, Just Keep Thinking. Just and her Instagram is BioGirlMJ. Just Keep Thinking. Oh, uh, okay. Thinking. Okay, okay. Just Keep Thinking. Yeah. So it's so damn cool. And like her videos are actually well shot, well produced. This is dope, man. And she has infographics explaining stuff like the pink water of Sentosa Cove, what happened with the algae bloom and all that. Mm. How does the the vaccinations work? Mm. Ooh, her name is MJ, damn. is it? Or something like that? Uh, Biogirl MJ, so A bio I guess. Girl, okay. okay, okay. Yeah, so it's super cool, man. When MJ, so her name's MJ. Mm. Not so sure what her real name is. Interesting. This is super cool. Wow. Not bad, not bad. Cool. All right. Well, cool, support, man. I mean, I guess we're all supporting local in some way. Support local. I want not really local, la, but okay, la, local enough. La. <laughs> local, la, local. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Then we'll talk to you guys later this week. Yep. All right. Peace.